Welcome to TKG's Healthcare Insights, where we explore healthcare's critical issues, challenges, and trends with a focus on achieving the quadruple aim of enhancing patient experience, improving population health, reducing costs, and improving the work life of healthcare providers and staff. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome. We're glad to have you listening today. I'm Warren Smedley with the Kinetics Group, and today we'll be taking a look at how the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the delivery of cancer care. 2020 has been a transformative year in many different ways. It's not all been bad. Even amid the challenges, there have been some tremendously positive innovations and changes that will help us improve patient care for the future. We're all scrambling now to understand what this new normal might look like, Today's special guest is a former boss, a longtime mentor, and a great personal friend, Dr. Marty Heslin. Dr. Heslin is the new Cancer Center Director for the University of South Alabama Mitchell Cancer Institute in Mobile. He is a surgical oncologist and has spent the last 25 years at the University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System, where he most recently served as the Chief of the Medical Staff and Executive Vice Chair of Surgery. Thank you for being on our podcast today, Dr. Heslin. Oh, Warren, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's great to connect. I just love talking to a blank screen like I have in the new normal. And why should it be any different for you and me today? That's right. <laughs> uh, we have a long history and it's a great opportunity for us to get back together again on the phone for this interview. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. For our listeners now, Dr. Heslin and I spent 10 years working together at UAB. He also mentored my son into and through medical school and has inspired him to become a surgeon. He will start his surgical residency at the University of Arkansas this June. I've always admired your leadership, Marty, and especially your ability to gain the cooperation of many diverse stakeholders when approaching the super complex issues and challenges of taking care of cancer patients. Cancer is complicated, and you, my friend, bring tremendous innovation and thought leadership to the table. Thank you so much. Well, Warren, thank you. I mean, you make me blush when you talk like that about me, and uh, but I do appreciate our time together. I think it was shared learning and uh, the opportunities that we were able to deliver on uh, around patient care, around connecting people throughout the state and making things easier for the practice of medicine are things that I carry with me today. I uh, I utilize the processes that you taught me, and uh, it has really uh, helped be formative for the way I manage things now. So thank you. Well, we'll, we'll mutually uh, give ourselves uh, accolades uh, at some other time, but let's get started now. Terrific. All right, let's dig into today's topic. Now, you're fairly new in your role as the Cancer Center Director at Mitchell Cancer Institute. You're coming into this with fresh eyes, what do you see has been the impact of the last year on the MCI team and I guess cancer care in general? We just were talking a minute ago about how you're still connecting with patients and making this tour of your constituents. Give us an idea of what the impact has been over the last year. Well, I think it. Uh, I'll take some of my experiences from UAB and then my current uh, experience here at the MCI. I think that uh, in cancer care, uh, we delivered throughout the pandemic, because as best as I can tell, the virus or cancer doesn't care about the virus. And while we 
have to manage all of our different processes in the way we have around cancer, we have to be respectful that the virus can, you know, uh, make people sick while they're getting their cancer care. But at the end of the day, I saw cancer patients and managed cancer patients throughout the entire pandemic. I think one of the things that we've uh, all related to is that people were nervous to come to the hospital. So there's been a number of publications looking at the time to actual people coming uh, after a diagnosis or maybe screening later because they've been nervous to come get screened or possibly not have the access that they normally would. So I think that the, the short answer is cancer care needs to continue throughout um, the pandemic. I think that patients are a little bit nervous about coming to the hospital. And I think that for a state like Alabama, it's accentuated because people travel long, what we would consider long distances to get a lot of their care. How do you think the clinical teams have handled all this? There's been a lot of talk about burnout going up, exhaustion, depression, those kinds of things. What have you seen in terms of how providers have been able to handle the stress of this last year? On one hand, we um, I think it's um, psychologically stressful to know you're coming to work and exposing yourself to patients that may be asymptomatic carriers, and then you have the risk of bringing that back to your family. So I think on one level, that's a psychological issue that we have to manage and just recognize that you're gonna do all you can to prevent transmission, whether it's hand washing, masking, people that are symptomatic, staying home when appropriate. So psychologically, can you manage it? Yes but it's still in the back of your mind for many of the employees here, especially employees that are in close contact or caring for some of their elderly parents or you know, friends and other family. So I think that's the psychological burden that people carry with them. I think on the other hand, um, the cancer patients, because of the systems that we put in place to segregate the viral portion of the population, the people with COVID that are being cared for in the hospital, I mean, it was an enormous effort by the hospitals and the healthcare facilities to create that segregation. And actually it worked. And in, and I think that we had an extremely low rate of in-hospital transmission to both the patient or the provider. And so on one hand, psychological burden, yes. On the other hand, incredible shielding and processes put in place by administrators like you that made this made this happen. So I think that cancer care continued throughout the process. I think that the uh, staff had challenges while we were working through it. There were some families that did have relatives. Uh, everybody knew somebody. And whether it was a close friend or an uncle or a grandfather or a parent, Somebody died related to COVID. So I think that while you could psychologically say, oh, it's probably not that big a deal, I think everybody got touched by it. So I think that played into the, the worry as well. Is it easing up a little bit now? Are people starting to see light at the end of the tunnel? Most of the healthcare workers who want to get it, a vaccine have had that opportunity. Yeah, there's, there's no question. It's almost... It's almost to the point of we've, we've moved on. And I have to say that, you know, we're, 
still masking to try to uh, be respectful of people that may or may not have a vaccine. But I think in the healthcare spheres, everybody has had vaccines. And we're to the point now where we have a green dot on our ID, which means we've been vaccinated and cleared. So we don't have to go into a room and ask everybody, you know, make everybody feel uncomfortable saying, are you vaccinated? Well, if you're not, why? And, you know, you get into all the issues associated with both personal choice and then protections for other people. So this is a visual way to know somebody has been actually cleared and you don't have to go around the room and have people ask. Okay. So we're now kind of emerging into this, we'll call it a new normal as we're getting at on the tail end of at least the, this first part of the pandemic, but there are some things they're going to carry forward. What do you think that we've learned? What are we adapting? How are we going to be changed now going into this, at least the near term future? What does that look like? Well, I think that for the, I'll start with the patients because we always start with the patients first and they are the, uh, that's why we're in it. We're in it for the patients. And um, I think that we are going to have to figure out ways to engage our patients other than face-to-face. It has become the reality. And uh, I have to relate that um, you mentioned the market research tour that I did. I'll just veer off for a second because this will help illuminate the question that you asked. So when I got here, I wanted to understand like sort of what people thought about the Mitchell Cancer Institute. So I left Monday night. I went to Linden, Alabama, um, stayed with a friend and then went and saw, um, and I'm sure they'll be fine with this, but Charles and Cheryl Moore, uh, Cheryl is a patient of mine for the last 15 years. And Charles was the recently, uh, ex mayor of Linden. And I just wanted to get a sense about from some community leaders and my patient, what they thought. And, you know, their thought was that, yes, like, would you travel? Like, why'd you come to UAB to find me? And they said, well, we, um, we heard from a friend that you were good at taking care of patients. And so that was good. We had a nephew that UAB that checked up on you. And we looked on the internet. And even though we're not particularly internet savvy, we could even easily just Google you and understand. And, you know, everything seemed to be okay. So I think that patients for the future are going to check up and see that's out there and see that, you know, we have a presence uh, out there on the on the internet. So I think that's incredibly important to do that well. And I think they said, you know, we will travel for what we consider to be the best care. So how do you get that message out? Because you and me know the best is a relative term. You know, you do, everybody says, well, I want to go to the best doctor. Well, you know, we don't know what the best is and it's hard to define, but whatever the perception is that creates that feeling people will travel for it. Now, my second stop on it was uh, Charles and Janet Payne. I took care of Charles' father, Albert, and then took care of Charles over the last 10 years. And um, just wonderful people in a place called Litahatchee. And um, they also echoed, we, well, they said, we knew you because you took care of Charles' dad. And secondly, we knew we would travel 
for the kind of care that we received, but not just from you. It was from Crystal and Julie and Suzanne and every patient knew the people in my office because they were the front door. They knew it was important to me and I supported them. So I do think that you're going to have to have that connection, but it was over the phone, a lot of it, because we would manage a lot of things, you know, by telecommuting, some type of telecommunication, which brings me to my last piece. When, um, when I had, when I was back with Charles, he said, they're doing great things down in Thomasville. They just built a new facility. You should go see them. So I walked out, I drove 30 minutes down to Thomasville. I walked in the front door. I said, hi, I'm Marty Heslin from the Mitchell Cancer Institute. Charles Moore, the ex-mayor of Linden, just said, you do great things here. Can I talk to your CEO? We spent an hour talking about the challenges for rural communities. They have a beautiful facility, a new 64 slice CT scanner, a 1.5 Tesla MRI. They have a place where a helicopter can land. They have 29 inpatient beds. And we went around and saw the whole facility. They told me all about it. But you know what was really cool? They said, you know, what we're building a telehealth suite here. And what the interesting thing for me was that I could have the possibility of connecting to people while they're seeing their doctors. We can create that connection because the underlying theme from the rural community is that we're scared to go to a big city. We don't want to travel that far. If there's more than two cards on the road, it represents traffic. And if we could even just introduce ourselves to the patient, not bill for it, but just a telegreet, a teleintroduction program, and on a screen, we could see each other's face. What an opportunity to make that connection before the patient travels two hours to come see us for a medical visit. And I and we talked about this, and they were. They are just excited to have somebody there from a bigger city that had an interest in them and their patients. So I guess that's the that's a long piece for the patients. But in summary, the patients will travel. You need to have a web presence. There is an opportunity in telegreet or teleintroductions so that the patients feel comfortable making that trip. And then ultimately on the physician side, do we really create a distributed model of care? So do we bring our excellence closer to their home? And I have to say that's a challenge. That's a challenge for the providers who live in another city hours away and take that to the patients. So that's a whole nother topic. I'll stop there and just say, I do think that I learned a lot and I do think there is opportunity for what we just talked about. Excellent points. I think what I'm hearing you say is that technology over the last year especially has enabled new opportunities to connect and work collaboratively with a variety of different locations, people, patients, uh, organizations. And now what I'm really hearing you say is that relationship is critical, it's a critical success factor to the care model of the future, where previously we kind of had this, and I'll speak generically for especially administrators and, and others, we had this idea that, well, if you were sick enough, you'd find me and I would take care of you. And it's a privilege for you to be taken care of by me. Right. But now it's different. We have to actually reach the patient, we have to connect with them, they're looking for that relationship. 
I don't know anyone that's actually done it better than you that I've seen you do it over the years. And uh, that's a that's a gift of yours. Well, I appreciate that. And um, it's about a former governor who is a patient of mine said it's all about the relationship. Okay, this has been a great discussion, but we're going to press the pause button right here and split this great interview into two parts. We'll pick back up from this point in our discussion in part two. Dr. Heslin is an innovative and engaging leader, and I appreciate his willingness to share his ideas that help us all align with the objectives of the quadruple aim, which are to enhance the patient experience, improve the health of populations, reduce unnecessary costs, and improve the work life of healthcare providers and staff. Special thanks to Dr. Heslin for sharing his time and expertise with us today. This wraps up another week of TKG's Healthcare Insights. Thank you for joining us. We welcome your suggestions, ideas, and requests for podcast topics of interest. Please reach out to us at tkgoncology.com forward slash contact and write Insights Podcast in the subject line. Thank you. Have a safe and healthy day. You are listening to TKG's Healthcare Insights, a program produced by the Kinetics Group. TKG empowers life science companies to effectively engage with health system and payer customers by developing strategies and real-world solutions aimed at impacting the right patient at the right time with the right care. We also work directly with health systems and payers to address the critical issues of our time. We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us at thekineticsgroup.com. Thank you for joining us today.